0: Hello, Simon Rimmer here with another episode of Grilling, the podcast brought to you in association with Weber Barbecues, in which I speak to chefs about their lifelong love of affairs with food. As well as learning all about our guests, we also explore the practical side of cooking, both indoors and out, with a few tips, mouthwatering, ingredient combinations, and recipe ideas thrown in along the way. Now, amongst those who've already joined us, Ken Hom, Angela Hartnett, Nadia Hussain, James Martin, and Tom Kerridge. So do check out the back catalogue if you haven't already. But today... We're grilling one of my favourite people on the planet. Uh, Monsieur, no, Signor, Gennaro Cantaldo. Raised on the Tilly's Amalfi Coast, Gennaro started helping out in restaurants as a young boy before moving to the UK when he was 20.
1: Were you 20? Well, 18, 20.
0: Okay, 20 okay. is that a good age. He, he never gives <laughs> his age away. Uh, initially, he worked in the kitchen at Barnett General Hospital and then various London restaurants, including Carluccio's on Neal Street. It was there he met Jamie Oliver. may have heard of him. Uh, his protégé famously teaching him everything he knows about Italian cooking. Gennaro, always a joy to be with you. How are you, my friend? Very well indeed,
1: Sam. Thank you very much to invite me to the show. I just love it because I know you over 20 odd years. We've been working together. Oh, my God. Did you remember those beautiful early Mooney programs?
0: Yeah. Yeah. We used to do do a show together called Great Food Live. Yes. uh, For UK food, which was such a joy to do. It would be one of those few occasions when you'd have five or six chefs together in the same place (laughs) and we'd cook great food. It would be good telly. And we'd also put the world to rights and have a good bitch as well, basically.
1: Yes, it is indeed. Also, I was much younger than I could move a little bit faster. Of course.
0: I, and I, you I, I were, too. And you were furious just on everything.
1: I <laughs> That infusion of food. You used to I said, what is this doing? And out of the blue, wow, when you taste, you went, my God, why did I think to do that myself?
0: Oh, you I'm were great. Kind. You're too kind. All right, well, listen, let, let's go back to the beginning. So I, I want to, in my mind, you lived this amazing life that's like a, a, an old film with beautiful kind of sunlight <laughs> and, an, and an idyllic kind of location. Paint a picture for us of young Gennaro's life on the Amalfi Coast.
1: Well, the story is I just want to be a cook. Right. right. And I still I am. You can call me chef when I'm 100 years old. <laughs> I feel much better. It is. I was born 30 metres above the sea where uh, the sea was my swimming pool and the mountain was my back garden, the village, where you learn everything because so many peoples around, everybody cooks a different. But also, it was a kind of streetwise there. I went in the kitchen, started working in the kitchen, about the age of uh, 10, I guess. Wow. This is what we call mature slavery. <laughs> but it was not. <laughs> uh, the story is like that. Uh, my father uh, used to have a shops in a little village of Minori in Amalfi Coast. He had a linen shop, so he used to sell clothes. Huh. You know, so if you had to have a, a suit, so you would go inside the shop, you buy the cloth, and then he will uh, tell you which tailor you had to go, and then they will do it. That is also through the linen and other stuff. But he had the customers all on top of the hill. And one afternoon, he took me with him because my mum she was busy inside the shop. I must be about ten, eleven, I didn't even that. And but he stayed to take me with him. He took me around his friend, an ex-village, Alfonso, which he had a restaurant, and very close friend, they grown up together. He said if he could look after me, and so of course, and they said I will pick him up in the afternoon. So I was inside the kitchen there. I looked at what the chef was doing. It was marvelous. Uh, you know, that was very exciting. You know, because when I come from, everybody cook. Yeah. You know, mama, papa, non-grandfather, you name it, they all cook. They all can tell you a story about cooking. Anyway, he picks me up in the afternoon, my father, but I was three years later. <laughs> <laughs> no, the story is not like that. <laughs> Actually, did pick me up the afternoon. And because I loved her so much, yeah. I stayed there for at least three years. But, you know, between wow. when I didn't go to school, school played very little part of my life.
0: So almost from that first day, again, that whole thing about a very cliched thing, but the Italians and their love of kind of food and everybody cooks together. What was it then of being in a professional kitchen as opposed to kind of, I'm sure you were helping out at home with the cooking from as soon as you could walk.
1: Yes, you always, where I come from, most of Italy in my days, I think it changed a little bit now. You learn without that you know. You learn. You see your mom doing something. You know your father, your sister, your grandma. So always the sound of cooking pots and plate. You always say no. You cook. That is cooked too much. Not cooked enough. So you grown up to hear all this thing. But most everything was the smell. Also when he was on the plate, you look around and you go, "Wow, wow, this is good." And you always have the conversation because family very important because uh, on a Sunday it was 25 people, uh, you know, wow. with all the cousins and everybody. And then uh, it was no business, it's all about talking about food. Where the chicken come from, where the vegetable come from, who's the farmer, who's the man which uh, is called Green Grosser, who, who's the fishman who brought the fish. So if the fish man was a nice person, yeah. you know, the fish was really good. You know, after the farmer will send you to sell your chicken, oh yeah, that is so kind. Chicken tastes really good. they kind of and so and so and so. So you've grown up with that. Yeah. So in in a way, at the age of ten, eleven, you already know the little bits and pieces. And uh, surely I never been in industrial kitchen, I've always been in a restaurant. The industrial kitchen in those days there was family kitchen. Yeah. And um, one of my jobs, it was, well, it was the job, which uh, everything had to be um, cooked fresh. Yeah. Probably the, I can't remember that there was fridge there, said the truth, but we didn't have a fridge. Uh, most of the stuff in my house was uh, cook on a little camping stove because we had a charcoal burn everywhere yeah. with wood fire ovens, Smoke <laughs> everywhere. And uh, my job it was uh, for somebody older and a, uh, chicken or was pre-order or can be a rabbit or yeah. can be other things also I have to run in the yard catch the chicken the one he told me to get and the rest you know I have to clean a plug and everything goes bring to him maybe would look to me like with with his eyes he left a feather on <laughs> okay and this is was one of my job the first one cleaning and then look at him from there, you will start slowly, slowly, slowly. Three years, at the age of 10, at the age of 13, I think I was very good training, but after three years, I thought I was the best cook ever. But I never was cooking anything really special. (laughs) But at that age, you feel, you know. Do you
0: you think there's that thing, that that joy, that when you cook with your children when they're small, and that excitement that they get, say, if you make a cake with them, And they see this thing, right? here's some flour, some eggs, some butter. And then it turns into a cake. And that absolute joy that they get, and I always think that's one of the things about being a chef, that that first time when you cook something for other people and you see the empty plate, or they say, you know, that was fantastic. You never lose that, do you? Never. That that joy never goes away. It is your right to say that. And I can see,
1: Simon, you still got that joy and passions that you just want to give it to everybody. You want to share everybody. Or when you were a very young boy, you started. I think this is what we do with all the cooks all around the world. Yeah, And it, it, it is fantastic when you actually get somebody out to your heart, especially your children. Now, come on, you want to cook a bit of pasta? Listen, Papa, you do this. Make sure you boil in, in boiling water. Yeah, how much salt? Don't worry. Just put a bit of salt inside. I'll tell you later. Yeah. And so, so, and then you see, you, you made this creation like you making a sponge cake or anything. And then when it goes on a plate, it's completely, that is transformed from a simple tomato with a little bit of basil with a raw pasta. Then it goes on top of the plate with without trimming all that beautiful olive oil drizzle on top of that, <laughs> you know, cheese. You stand it back. I'm so proud. Proud is not the right word because proud, they always uh, make you bigger. I don't yeah. want to be prouder, But your contents, con- word content, the uh, world content, yeah, let's prepare because, oh my God, they really can do something.
0: Yeah. I want it. Yeah. So that took you up to kind of 13. So how come you then move to England? I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm still living this Italian film dream in my head. And I'm thinking, why on earth would you leave that to come to the UK?
1: Well, <laughs> it's quite easy. I think everybody will dance exactly the same. And they still they do it at the age of eighteen and twenty. The first time I tried to come in England, believe me or not, I was 16. Right. Reached the Dover, they looked at me, they sent me back. Why? Because I don't know my paper was right. done. My sister was in London. So we couldn't do it. And uh, I had to go back, which took me nearly five days to go back. My mum was looking everywhere for me. But when I come, when I'm the age of eighteen, twenty. You want to be free, you don't want to be always uh, attached to your mother and father. you want to go out. you want to earn the, 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 whatever you do you want to earn yourself, you want to keep yourself so England's so exciting yeah. here the world, you know, like the bitters, the rolling stone, the foggy, also very, very strange. You know, be careful because in London it's foggy, foggy. I never <laughs> saw any when I come. Hardly see any foggy. There was nothing. <laughs> Make sure you have a uh, heavy clothes on it. They describe it's like a Sherlock Holmes when you see those films in a yeah, dark yeah, and yeah. only way like that. But also show you the lovely countryside where I come from. That mountain, forest, God. But it was different. It was ever. It, it was very exciting. So off I went. So, well, I came to London, the first time I couldn't get in. Second time I was my sister. And then I'm going to contract an fish and chip shop uh-huh. because you need a permits. So they give me a paper what we call permits, uh, you know, like everybody have now, yeah. to say Gennaro Contaldo Alien. <laughs> I thought was a kind of a. <laughs> I <laughs> shave for things like that. Still got it. Me standing like that. Uh, police never stopped me, so I can't say anything. And I love the reason why, because I come from a beautiful place, and I full agree, Amalfi Coast is really nice. Yeah. You know, the seas there, you know, the mountains, the the beach, and everything is always festivity. But when you're actually for 18 years, you're so the same, same yeah. thing. You don't see him anymore, you know, they don't see. I only realized, Simon, how beautifully it was when I came in England, which I loved. I just loved to come in England. And three years later, roughly like that, I went back. And when I turned at that corner, I almost bring a tear in my eyes, from the road to the Goan Coast, which I had to go with the train. Two days yeah. and one night. Look at the train, so fast. <laughs> So you turn at that corner, you can almost smell the sea, which everybody smells the sea when they go around. You see the mountain, you see from far away, your village is right on the sea. And then you remember everything. And then you stand back soon before you reach. Oh, my God. This is beautiful. Why I have never, never noticed. And then you just, I remember, because after three years, roughly three years, Master Share a tree. As soon as you reach Min- Minori Monta, like camalfi Posidano, they're all there. I was I was go home and every corner I was turned it. I saw everything was so small. Everything, I remember every angle and like people say hi, but everything was small. And I realized it was small, not because it was small, it was suckling, exactly like because I grown up. Yeah. And I lived in a big city which everything is high and this big and I almost want to embrace everything even on the beach I used to get there on the beach just touch the sand say oh my gosh you know the sea and I still do that if I'm anywhere by the sea I always put my finger inside the sea because uh-huh. I know if I touch the sea it's like to see the moon when the moon shines it shine all over all over Europe
0: all over uh-huh.
1: the, the sea will reach the hometown where I come from.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. And this is, this is why. And then you fall in love with London. But you must have noticed, though, because, you know, when you came over to the UK, British food wasn't exactly great. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. <laughs> it was not. But
1: can you imagine, I had to go work in a fish and chips because I had a permit. Yeah. Okay. And the fish and chips was in Clapham. Yeah. And then slowly, slowly said, Right, you work in this place and then you get permits somewhere. Oh, I was about two years late. I was free because she didn't need any more permits because it would become Europe. And I looked at this fish There was Morluzzo, which is cod or egg. I said, What are they doing? This is lovely fresh fish. You come yeah, yeah. up. You know, sometimes already fillets, sometimes we have to fillet yourself. What they do, they put them on this, this kind of cream and stuff and they're fried and those chips. And there's malt and vinegar on top. It's taboo for me to have a malt vinegar. What is about? Salted everywhere. God knows what kind of oil they used to use because I still I don't know it. I said, well, I, I am a cook, and I've been doing this for the last 10 years. for eh? yeah. oh, years, don't forget. Since I was about 10, 11 years old. Doesn't go, I could not smell always this fish and chips. Not because I hate it. You know, it, it was strange to me. Now, to fish and chips, today, I will give a five mission star. Yeah. A good and, fish and chips. Yeah. I, I had some last night. Yeah. And I loved it. Yeah. And so, and uh, I went to work with so many other different places after that. So, uh, yeah, but I just love to be in England.
0: Yeah. So when did, when did the first proper chefing job, then not being, any remotely disparaging to kind of fish and chips, but when did you, when did you feel you started to become a chef in the UK?
1: Yes. The word chef, for me, is I haven't reached that age yet for chef. <laughs> because I told my chef, he was 96 years old, I called him a chef, he was upset. He said, another four years, because he wanted to be 100 until <laughs> you call him a chef. No, you know, that chef, it that chef, uh, uh, was, because everybody was called chef. And then... Uh, I used to do some part time inside the restaurants uh-huh. in Soho. There was one restaurant which is is no more there. It's called a Prego restaurant, which was a kind of Italian food, but it was not.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, you know, they would bit of sauce, they're doing a bit of pasta. I didn't actually love. The, the 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 way that was cooking uh, so but there was something I started to to more, more industrial kitchen and then I went to work in my fair and other restaurants, which was very famous restaurant in those days. I saw the 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 chef, which I believe it was the owner as well. It's a long time ago, talking about fifty years ago. Yeah, and people in those days really loved the bolognese, carbonara, and amatgonaos. Uh, uh special carbonara where I come from is a kind of a taboo, not taboo, yeah. we don't really cook, you know, but it's on the menu, you know, because people are, and said, right, we're going to do this, this, and this, let me show you a couple of dishes. One of them uh, showed me the carbonara, so and what actually was do? he made uh, some uh, white sauce with cheese on side, God knows what kind of sauce.
0: And uh, so he got uh, spaghetti.: I, I, I wish everyone else could see your face because the, the, the look of disgust on your face is your disgust. It it, disgust brilliant.: It
1: was disgust. And then, in the fridge, there was already some spaghetti already cooked, uh, nothing to do al dente. <laughs> you know, that was actually overcooked, a little bit of oil set hot water, you know. So what do you actually do? You get the spaghetti, you put them in a pan and already hot water. And then uh, then you put them in a pan and then you spoon the sauce on top. You stare it. Where's the egg? And I, I looked and I said, ah, can I show you <laughs> the proper way? He looked at me. He said, no. Very nice. He was. He wanted to kill me. <laughs> he said, uh, no. Because in this restaurant here, this is what they like. This is the carbonara. They love loving every day. And... Is your jacket there? I said, yeah. He said, take it out. It's sending me out. And I didn't get upset because uh, for me it was stupid. Yeah. I still am a forg- <laughs> forgiving. So how, how old are you now then? When, when, I must be 20-something. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah. No, I, sorry, yeah. 20 yeah. In, a, in a small age you yeah. know, where everything has to be fresh. I was used to everything had to be fresh. Also, don't forget in those days, I didn't just work in this particular place. I was traveling all over yeah. Italy as well. So you learn quite a nice things. You learn the tactic. And the Italians, uh, they, they are very traditional, you know, especially the regions. So when you cook something, you have to yeah. do the way the tradition is. And everything was fresh. Test is different. Come in England, there was no easy to actually the excess, all the freshness, so and so and so. So you would make up yourself. So if you had a restaurant and uh, you call them uh, yourself was Simone, yeah. probably you would cook a chicken and say, chicken alla Simone. <laughs> so you made yourself. <laughs> I know. let me write that down. <laughs> <laughs> chicken alla Simone. I, I, I knew some family which they couldn't even, couldn't even, never mind about cooking, but they opened a restaurant and they used to make soup every day because the only thing they can do it. Yeah. And without soup, even, I used to cook with pasta. And also when I come in England, you know, as they believe the Italians pasta, pizza. That's so what it was, nothing else. In those days, the French had dominated yeah. everything. Even Italian restaurant, you see word on French, which is fantastic. I love French cuisine. Nothing wrong at all. It's beautiful. Uh, but, uh, you know, let other countries get a chance to show what they're actually doing. And I insisted. Yeah. And so far, I'm insisting. We don't need anymore now because everything is there. they are fantastic Italian chefs all over England.
0: Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. And so, Carluccio is something that seemed to be a big turning point for you when you first started working with, with Carluccio on Neil Street.
1: It is. Uh, then I missed him. My God, if I missed him.
0: An amazing guy. And I, and I suppose all the things that we've led up to this point, then he almost did all the things that you wanted to happen. Yes. I remember the first time I went to, when, when he started rolling out the restaurant and going to a Carluccio's, and it was so different to the pseudo-Italian Trattoria's that I had been to as a kid. It felt like it was like the food I'd eaten when I went to Italy with my family.
1: It is. Antonio, I remember when I actually met him, Antonio, because Antonio became manager of uh, the Neil Street restaurant, and then he bought the restaurant. So what happened? I met him, Antonio, was thirty-five years now. Then because uh, I saw uh, inside in a magazine, it was Antonio older, this massive porcini mushrooms in his hands. With quite a lot of other stuff. And I come from a place in the Amalfi Coast, where mountains everywhere. so we collected mushrooms everywhere. Also, in my very little store, I studied as well mycology, through a long story of mushrooms and a mistake which uh, my mama she said it was very good, it was not. Mm. Never mind, we forget about that. And uh, I was not working those days, yeah, because I moved in different job, but I still was cooking in the same time. And the, I brought him a basket of mushrooms. He loved and appreciated so much. He said, if you find some more, bring him along. Yeah. Uh, so I did. And then he found out that then I was a cook, and he offered him a job in such New Street restaurants to be there in the kitchen, cooking and helping him with the things he was doing. And to be in New Street restaurant, it was quite famous restaurant in those days. You know, those wild mushrooms were very, very important. So I didn't have to accept the offer, but I like it. So I took it, and we started to do all the things, which uh, at the restaurant in Dewey was the first one to make fresh pasta. I was doing by yeah. hands, which no trouble at all for me to make pasta. And he had a great, great knowledge on food. It was unbelievable. He can tell it from each region's. What kind of a food not just uh, the region that the most important but almost uh, is like a like a, a dictionary of uh-huh. of everything and he he wanted uh, the to do a proper stuff we did and also big personality comes inside the restaurant for example Prince and Margaret Prince Charles was there I cooked so many times for Diana you know yeah it was it was just a pleasure and there was a chef there which is fantastic a good friend of mine. He's 96 years old. I hope I'm all right. His name is Santiago Gonzale. I spoke to him not long ago, which he was a Basque with a French influence. Yeah. And he was the chef there. And we have a very good friend, me and him. And we started to do all proper, proper
0: Italian food. Were you were then? I mean, clearly you were because of the, the type of clientele you got. Did that feel, we talked at the very start of this about that that joy of cooking for people. So it's almost you've gone from being a 10-year-old boy helping out in a restaurant, helping at home, then you come over here, you work at a vision chip job. Was that suddenly you go, this is what I'm meant to do?
1: Yes, let me tell you something very, very important. It is because you're a cook, you travel everywhere, you go everywhere, and you steal still a little bit to say, uh, this is what I really want to do for the rest of your life because you've got an age. And I, I remember when I happened, as really everything was changed, when there was a massive basket of mushrooms, as soon as you walk in a restaurant, there was God knows how many different type of mushroom. Nobody, 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 any restaurant had about 20, 25 different yeah. type of mushroom. We had, and we knew what we were doing. And uh, very important people are coming in, left, right, and center, no more names. And I was very proud because I collected those mushrooms and I was cooking those mushrooms wow. for, my, for this, this one. Yeah. And uh, yes, I have to say, you know, Prince Charles had mushrooms, Diana had mushrooms, all so the rest of the family, Princess Margaret, Power and so and so, yeah, and so. Yeah, yeah. But I was doing also, also, there was other chefs as well. Yeah. But I collect it. I'm cooking it. I do it. And everybody, yeah, yeah, that's good. You go to the bars and then you stand it back. Hey, come on. This is what I want to be. Yeah. But in the same time, I just want to be somebody cook in the kitchen. All the rest come later and I accept it because there's so many nice people around the world and I want to meet them all. And this is the way to do it. Sample you. Yeah. 20, 20 odd years ago. Yeah. we still together.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're a nice person. As are you. So when then, so from working with Antonio, did you then go straight and open Passione?
1: No, that was, we have to tell the story because uh, already people are knows. That was, uh, I wanted to open my restaurant. There was a little bit of misunderstood because we, we opened a Carluccia, Carluccia, it was incredible, really, really good. You know, insisted to do the best. We did do the best, and sometimes we had 35 on a cold counter of different dish wow. to do it. You know, most based on mushrooms. You name. Know, we have the fresh truffle, we have this massive pasta machine that I was making every day. I was making my, uh, the, the bread. By the way, the focaccia, we introduced the focaccia. Yeah. Nobody introduced focaccia because we've been traveling all over Italy. Because Antonio, I always wherever Antonio was going, I was with him. Yeah, his assistant, his left hand, his right hand used to call me so many different uh, assistants. Also used to call me any different name. Never mind. Uh, I wanted to. I wanted to open a restaurant, and uh, we did. And uh, off we go from day went Well, and uh, we won the best. One of the best Italian restaurants. Yeah, yeah. world we was running up for two years. The first years we got there.
0: That's brilliant. So, so go on. Then, so when when did when did when did the parting of the ways come with you and Antonio? When did you know you needed to do your own thing?
1: <sighs> there was about uh, fifteen years working in a street restaurant. Wow, it's it's a long story, but we we started from there. Then I said it's time we move on and. Uh, in those days, Antonio, little bit upset, quite a lot upset. I was upset too. But life goes on. Nothing goes. Uh, we can do it, and uh, we open a restaurant.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can I can see in your face now that clearly that that still affects you. That parting of the ways wasn't something that was planned in the way that it went. No, because you know that your your lifelong friend, mentor, all of a sudden that attrition was there, and so you know you. you you had to move on, I had to move on, yes, yeah,
1: wanted to move on,
0: yeah, and so when you went from passione, did it, was it busy from word go? because I loved that restaurant,
1: passione, the first couple of weeks was quiet, and the how of the blue, a journalist as well, in those days I, I can't spell his name, you the one is called the River uh, the River Cottage. Okay.
0: Yeah. Hugh Fenny was his Yeah.
1: Such a lover. Yeah. See, I can't spare yeah. a bit of water.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: he comes in a restaurant. It was just him. Yeah. His wife and a little baby. And there was a couple other people, you know, but we knew what we were doing it. And he had in a restaurant. He loved her so much. I knew he was a cook, also a presenter, but I didn't know he was also a journalist. Mm-hmm. A couple of weeks later, you know, there was this massive double sprayed page in a paper to say or not to say, to tell you not today. And then I said, I went inside this restaurant, Passione and I met the chef, Gennaro Contaldo. He cooks like an angel, but not an angel, angel close to God. Wow. And everything went, wow. I remember on the Monday, that was on the Sunday. On Monday, I couldn't even move. Wow. And then off we gone.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, don't forget, Jamie was always there to help me. Jamie's been behind me all the way through on everything. I've, you name it, he's, he was there.
0: Well, Jamie is, is, is a big point. So let's do our little break in the middle of this. And, and let's, Jaro, every single week we, we, do, uh, we do two things. We do our barbecue and A. Uh, well, we ask our guests the same five questions, and then we have your little challenge. So, do you barbecue? I mean, you, you have an outdoor kitchen. All right, I'm thinking that. Yes,
1: I do. Eh? Yeah, wood fire oven, a ten burner, charcoal everywhere. I cook almost everything on top there. We just love it. Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay, all right. So, when you're cooking outdoors or barbecuing, is there one memory that you think that's the time I would happily go back to and recreate when you're barbecuing? Yes,
1: I come from a place, as I said, in the Amalfi Coast, where no, but there is no gas. You know, you have to. Everybody in the house had a kind of a large, you know, camping gas. Yeah, we had to buy this massive bottle, and you had to put them on, and you had about two burners—one for the water, one with the pasta. You do the simple thing. The rest, the house, also charcoal burn. You know, we had an extractor. <laughs> that was the winters coming yeah. up, and you had to cook everything almost there. So. In a way, you're grown up, I do this kind of a barbecue. Yeah. You know, without the day you know it. You know, when actually now everybody's doing that, I said, come on, I used to do when I was the age of 10. Yeah. You know, and I love it. And it tastes much better.
0: Do you have a favorite time of year? Do you find that you use your outdoor kitchen all year round now? Because I, I always sort of say I really love barbecuing in, in the winter. I like it being cold. I like the fact that there's more moisture in the air, so the meat tends to stay a little bit kind of more moist. And there's something quite primal about it. And the same you're saying about foraging for mushrooms. There's something about cooking something outside and bringing it in. It's a bit hunter-gatherer, isn't it, when you do it? It is indeed.
1: What you just told me. And God for that to find that somebody. Well, I know you said the word, I like him in the wintertime. Yeah surely in the summer nice to do a barbecue but can you imagine outside the garden you got a beautiful barbecue which is a fantastic barbecue yeah today. my god they're really good you know yeah and then you know the sun is out you know it's very hot you sweat you put them on top <laughs> of your apron the sausage you know ready at the meat, you know, already in the winter time it's more cozy but the only difference you can't really do outside yeah you can't really do outside so I love it in wintertime. Yeah. I love it more to cook in the wintertime. It's cozy, bit of fires. come on. Yeah. Imagine my kitchen is open on the front, but everything is, is inside. Wood fire oven is on, which I use when I burn the wood fire oven. So I pull those charcoal out, still hot, and put them in small, little small coals uh, where I uh-huh. cook everything on top. Wow, nice. I guess, but it's nice. But one thing I have to tell you, as I said, I come from a place which we had a camping gas. On a Sunday, it was very traditional to cook. Barbecue, you know, only once a week, we eat a steak or something on a barbecue, little barbecue outside of the, the balcony or on the yard. Balcony, everybody yeah. had the smell with a fan,
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: blow it. You know, And we made sure that a charcoal, it was light. The word the light, it means, there was no burning. Yeah. There was no flame. There was soave. The word soave, placid. Because when you put something on top, you don't want to burn with no. the flame. You just want to be cooked. You have to be hot. It depends what you cook. We used to cook everything outside there. Eh? My auntie, Raffi Luce, in my hometown, she had a little stove, a charcoal stove. She used to do a party on that single charcoal stove. My God, how
0: she cooked, I don't know. When you cook outside What's the most ambitious thing that you've cooked on open flames, or maybe your favourite thing, if not the most ambitious? Because I know you—you know—you're you're an amazing chef, but I know your love of simple food. You're so ingredient-driven.
1: I cook almost everything on charcoal. I'm still doing that. But the most favourite things is there is is doing a fish. Yeah. Well, actually, when I do a fish. You have to grill it in a way. It depends, small fish, big fish. Some people love to grill fish with a scale on. Yeah. Because if you grill the fish with a scale on, you won't burn the skin. Yeah. But then you cannot eat the skin. So what yeah. do you do? So what do you do? How many, many, many chefs always burn it, you know, with a, yeah. with a scale on. Yeah, but I want to.
0: Yeah, I want the skin.
1: I want the skin. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, fish is is incredible on on the charcoal, but it can be a chicken, it can be a, it can be anything.
0: Yeah, th- that that flavor of of smoke <sighs> is one of life's greatest pleasures, isn't it? it?
1: It is indeed. But don't forget, you work on life fire. Fire is alive, and the charcoal you use, you know where they come from, and you know, and then the smoke. And the flavor of the smock, which infuses whatever you cook yeah. on top, is make- now lovely say, so you know, you make a little bit of bread, then you just put them on top, just to seal one side, the other one, drizzle with a little bit of a garlic, drizzle with olive oil, just it like that. It's, it's oh, a
0: fantastic yeah. incredible. Absolutely incredible. Any disasters when you've been barbecuing?
1: You know, chef never have a disaster. Of course right? not. In the no. kitchen, <laughs> you know, they all <laughs> liars. <laughs> because sometimes yeah. I had one disaster. I was having a photo shoot, and this is talking about uh, 15 years ago, maybe 20. And uh, why I had the wood fire oven on, and I had all different vegetable and bits and pieces, very large griddle, all mate, one the chimney caught a fire. You see, in a kitchen, you know better than me. Flame goes everywhere. Yeah. We don't even take a notice. Yeah. You know, yeah. other people we call uh, yeah. the firemen. We never took a notice. We know how to, to to control. But a particularly one, the chimney started to call to fire because it was at the beginning. So concentrated to throw in and extinguish everything with water, with so-and-so, which managed, and I forgot that we had a, a square meter of everything that was grilling, yeah, and they become charcoal. <laughs> <laughs> that, but that love it, and then we cannot repeat love for it. the shoot because we didn't have enough ingredients.
0: Love it, I love that. Right, it's time for our challenge, Janaro. So, so what we do every single episode is we get our chefs to sell me a dish. So you can have any kind of meat, fish, vegetables that you want. I need some kind of rub or marinade and. Some accompaniment, whether it be a sauce or a side dish, okay? It's got to be cooked on a barbecue or flames, and you only have 45 seconds.
1: 45 seconds? I yeah. can't even lift my hands for 45
0: seconds. Okay. 45 are you,
1: seconds, 45 seconds. Are you ready? Uh, go. Garlic, chili, bunch of mints, olive oil, lemon, put everything inside a bowl. Yeah, then beats everything, kind of vinaigrette. In the same. Make sure that you have some lovely sardine. We love sardine, oh. Quite a large. Put them on a barbecue. Just seal one side and the other side. And then as soon as they're ready, put them inside a large bowl with all the lovely marinade on top. It lots of meats and little olive oil because you want that mint to stick on it. Put them on a plate. serve with lovely salad. let. <laughs> they call called uh, sardine al fischietto. The reason fischietto because you pick him up and you go. <laughs> <laughs> Gennaro,
0: forty-three seconds. That was that is possibly one of my favourite ones. And you, and you, you'd be brilliant at that. You can describe taking your taking your hand out of your pocket and make it sound like, it, like it's like it's like oh, a beautiful sorry. recipe. So never mind, sort of your first love of food. So, so do you do you sort of find that? more and more you're cooking outside now. Because I've found that, okay, you know, I've I've been working with Weber for a few years, so, you know, I've got more and more into barbecues, got more excited by them. I find that all of my friends now, it used to be you would only barbecue in the winter, in the summer, but now it feels like we want to be outside, don't we? Yeah, fantastic.
1: In a way, there's nothing wrong. You go party, you go lovely barbecue, which later there's so many in a lovely barbecue. You cook everything, you conclude that it's proper balance, yeah. which is good, and I love it. So, actually, I'm going to get one of them, because yeah. I'm fed up to like my, my age. <laughs> anyway, so in wintertime, as you said before, oh, it's cold, and then, okay, let's use the charcoal. And then you start to put everything on top, and it become a more a dream when you do a rant. Because yeah. If you look outside, maybe it's raining, always a few covers. Yeah, you know. You get yourself a full of smoke. In my, in my outside uh, uh, pizzeria column, there's no extractor, everything is natural. Yeah. Bringing me memory back, actually. But then everything you cook is nice and not. You put them on a plate as soon as it's ready. You know somebody come and pick them up, put them on a table. Yeah. You know, and you do. You can do fish. You can do meat. You can do poultry, so nice. You can do vegetables. Yes, one of my best time is winter time, special late autumn after November.
0: Yeah, that's it's really nice. That yeah,
1: it is nice, and I do like doing it at lunchtime.
0: Oh, that's nice. Oh yeah.
1: But you have to make sure then you do not burn. You always the flame have to be really controlled. When you actually use a charcoal and the charcoal you have to make sure that charcoal is everywhere, is hot everywhere, but not flame it. And whatever you do, do not over power with olive oil or something because it catch flame and that flame can make the meat bitter, the yeah. fish bitter. You don't want anything burn, but a little bit of burn is good anyway.
0: What's the difference between having something that's kind of charred and a bit smoky as opposed to something that, like you say, tastes of burn, tastes of flame. You don't want, you don't want to see flames on a bar. You
1: don't want to see flame on a bar. Also, it's dangerous as yeah. well.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, it depends. Also, many people, very professional, you know. They they clean at the grid or something like that so with cloth and exactly at the same time they go another cloth to hold it down a quarter the fire. Yeah. They say chef, chef, <laughs> chef, Oh yeah, yeah. You know, it's this? You know, we yeah. do, we doing those.
0: in. We, the we've basket. we've all we've done, that we've done, done that many, done many times. How many
1: times? Yeah. yeah so <laughs> I, I, it's ridiculous. All
0: right. Now before we go on, I just want to let you know about a special offer at weber.com forward slash Grilling. If you want to improve your skills on the barbecue, Weber are offering you a discount to attend one of their grill academies. Now, that's where you learn to dazzle your friends with your barbecuing expertise by learning from serious masters of the art. And they are. I mean, the people that teach these courses are just off the scale. The offer is valid for grill academies in the UK. Enter the code grilling21. That's grilling21. Before the 15th of October at Weber.com and get £50 off when you book two tickets on a course. You can find all the information you need at Weber.com forward slash grilling. We mentioned Jamie Oliver. Now, obviously, you know, he's been a, as big a part of your life as you have been in his. How did you meet?
1: Jamie is at the persons which. He's been in the kitchen before me. Believe me or not, because his mother and father, Trevor and Sally, step the pub. Yeah. So they're the restaurants. They're to cook. Jamie was born, and what the mummy used to you, help as well. But now and again, he cannot help but to bring the little Jamie inside of the kitchen. So when he became the age of moving around, probably... With would go see daddy or mommy inside yeah, the yeah. kitchen, you know, you clean an potato you do this. It was grown up. It was there. The kitchen is always within. Yeah. And uh, it was good. Uh, when it says, uh, Jemmy says, uh, Gennaro, you know, taught him everything about Italian cooking, little bits, yes. But more, he was already talents. Yeah. He, yeah. he was already talents. So Jemmy came down and the New York Street restaurant. He was, uh, in a college, he came down London, and uh, he was very young. Yeah. And the, he came in, in a college, Vincent College, I believe, in Victoria, you know, Catherine College. And after done all his course and everything else, there was uh, his friend, which we never, never managed to find him in, in, in so many years. We tried to find him, but we can't find him anymore. And then the chef said, "Right, you finish your course and the things like that." Uh, what kind of kitchen and cooking you wanted to learn more? You know, in those days there was quite a few famous chefs. You yeah. know, you could Raymond Blasch, he was famous. Brian Turner was famous. Marco Pierre White, the Rue Brothers, everything else. And he said, "I like to learn Italian." Oh. He said, "Why? Because." What you actually cook, this, what they can see, this is what you eat. And this is what Jamie and he said to, you know, other people looking Italian those days, you know, this, it was good. And there was his friend Mark, he said, do you know what? He said, I know who can actually teach you how to cook Italian. One is my father, but he can't do it, you know. Yeah. But if you go inside the New Street restaurant before we open a Carluccio, or yeah. it was time to open a Carluccio. There is Antonio Carlucci there, and there is uh, a chef, which is called Gennaro Contaldo, which is cook pasta, make this, makes that, prepare sauce. And so. If you can ask for a job, yeah. maybe there is a job there. He took notice. He went home, and then uh, they looked on uh, Evening Standard. Uh, there was a job as a pastry chef. One early morning, he came down. Very young boy, my God, very young. We thought that he was uh, looking for uh, school experience <laughs> <laughs> and looking for job. So took him, and uh, I didn't know then what actually he wanted to do. He was a pastry chef. Yeah, one of the first in morning, one of the the, the 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 last one to go home. But also he can cook everything. And uh, I looked at him after a couple of months or three months. Between those two months or three months, I just love him. Yeah. He just had such a respect in the morning because I used to come down three o'clock in the morning. Used to prepare me all my trays for the bread, you know, the flour for make the pasta, make sure the fridge was well settled down with all the rest of the stuff because he was the last one to go out when everybody else. Yeah, yeah. The chef, you know, best chef deserved. Yeah, yeah. His last thing, it was not easy, and every morning I find and I say thank you to him because my God, he's so good. I slowly, slowly asked. You know, if he can come down to work very early in the morning. And I said, Jamie, you're working very hard, very hard. Believe me. I said, you finish by one o'clock sometime. The time you go home, you want to come down three o'clock, want one one hour sleep? No, I can't. I come on day off. Antonio didn't want anybody to stay with me early in the morning cooking. Right. Why? I don't know. I I think because for somebody you teach somebody, then he moves away. Right. You know, yeah. it, it, this is yeah. this is the only thing. And no way, so I said to Jamie, all right, you come down, but you only can stay a couple hours with me. Yeah. Forget about it. You know, he, you know, he start first thing is in the morning. Finish one o'clock. I told him to come seven o'clock in the morning and leave about nine. There's no way. Anyway. In those days, so it came down. Nobody knew he was come down. He was to buy self, even on his day off. And in those days, you know, I looked at myself, I think to myself, said, oh my God, I've got so much experience. At last I find somebody I can really pass on. Yeah, yeah. And you know this is the flower. this is the eggs we have to use. This is the water. Now it's the other way around, and I tell me the way I have to do. <laughs> and so and so and so and so. And I, it was kind of joy for me yeah. the way somebody, and he was listen. And then we become very close, like a father and son. But then it was more than that, because he was young. Everything he was doing so. In a way, we create this bond. Then it was like he's now nice, strong, like a proper, 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 proper close family. Yeah. And there was nothing else. And then he went away, he went uh, in Europe to learn, and then he came down, they found a job in uh, Riva Cafe. I said yeah. to him, he's very good. I said, yeah. I said to him, this is because he always we're talking about. Uh, you know, filming because I used to go out with Antonio, and uh, he said yes, but they wanted me to do this, this, and this. I said they wanted me to do the pasta. You know, and I want to try video. I Said running up and down. You know, yeah. Because if you're running up and down, at least you come on on the video. He did, but the story is then uh, always is always in touch with me. We never stopped Yeah. When it was yeah. Good. yeah. Then uh, the producer notice him because he had to do, uh, somebody was missing in the kitchen and then uh, they the calling him home, the chef called him home and said, can you come down to the service because this person is not. Yeah. And he came down to the service while they was filming, you know, they liked him. Yeah. And uh, they asked if they want to do something. And he came down and told me, and said, yeah, come on, that's yeah. good. They want to do a video. And I knew what he was talking about, I said, do it. But what I actually want not do, he said, I do it as well, but I want you to be part of it. Right. And that was the time when I actually, not, not long after I moved from the New Street restaurant to open, yeah. a, re- to open a, a restaurant.
0: Because I remember the first time I met you and Jamie, which is where we would all kind of fundamentally meet was at the Good Food Show at the NEC. And I remember, and I knew you couldn't see an interview with Jamie without him referencing you. And I remember seeing the two of you and that whole thing about kind of father and son, but more is exactly what is always the case with your relationship because there's a mutual respect and equally there's there's a love there. Then there's also there's also mischief between the two of you, (laughs) you know, and I think that it's it and to this day that never goes away. And I love it when watching the two of you on screen together is brilliant because you'll always end up kind of doing stuff to kind of mess each other around. I mean, you must be—I know you are—you must be so incredibly proud of not only what he's achieved as a chef and as a broadcaster, but all of his kind of campaigns. I mean, there's a young man who has spoken out against so many things and made a difference to the way in which we it, look after ourselves it,
1: it, it's yes i am proud i'm also proud all my children and i don't treat the better than my children i don't treat my children better than jemmy yeah i consider it part of the family to give you an idea yes i am proud as i said proud yeah. is not in the world but i'm proud then uh, my father he needed 96 years old, yeah. which he still called him a non about his departure. And when Jamie went there filming in my hometown, and my father said, you know, a lot of that boy said, is my son? My father believed that, but <laughs> to be <a> 96 <laughs> years old, you can't yeah. say it's no more, Yeah, my son. And uh, I remember every time I, I used to go in Italy, he said, oh, this is your boy, don't forget. And there's a long story when they actually departed. My father had died, and he was, there was all this box. And for years he was saying, don't forget to bring him in London. That is for Jamie. Yeah. And I never looked, and then after I looked in a box, oh, my God. And then one day he said to me, not big boy, and he said to the world the big boy, my father said, tell me something, why that boy of yours is blonde? <laughs> i never forget that. <laughs> it was my sister there. I'm not sure if I said to my sister, that, because his mum was broke. <laughs> and Jem used to call him a nonno. Yeah. And he treated him like a nonno. Brilliant. Yeah.
0: So, when, so when, did, when did the move from Passione to become full time with Jamie? Because, you know, the two of you have run a tremendous business. Uh, on on many many levels. When did it get to the point that you know what I need to kind of this? Needs I, to be-
1: I I just that uh, you know I'm a wild. Yeah. You know, for me, every day is an adventure. Yeah. I moved because uh, we had an afford because, uh, Jamie came down. He said, "Big boy, it's a good idea. Is it what? Why don't we open a restaurant, and then we." we can train people, so we can train all young people. Jamie's yeah. all his life like that. And I said, yes, but you already have 15, which you train people. Yes, but we can open one restaurant, and then we can open another one, and then we get all these people off the street, chef, then he yeah. work, family can get involved. And I said, ah. I, said I know, I said, but look, i got a restaurant. Yes, I know. You still will have a restaurant. You still will do that. It took me quite a long time. And in the end, I said no. And then he said, well, remember, if you don't want to do it, it doesn't matter. But can you imagine how many young boys and girls, and grown-up people we can actually teach in? You? you can show the way you cook, the way I'm doing, yeah. things like that. We can create a kind of... A, Massive like a school, but there's business as well. Yeah. They can leave how many family. So he called me and uh, I said, all right. And off I moved Yeah. after about a couple of weeks, make sure that everything was settled down in the restaurant. And uh, I went straight to 15, and I was helping with a recipe. We write down all the recipe and everything. Slowly, slowly we find other people. Slowly, yeah. slowly we go in business as good. We open the first one in, uh, Oxford, and then we opened a second one. It was in Bath, and then the third one, which is supposed to be the first one, in Cambridge, and from day on, from the other one, the other one, the other one, the other one, and I loved it. I never stopped to run one restaurant, yeah. or one restaurant, the other. He used to come down, He used to run for restaurant, that you see everywhere. Don't forget, Jamie had a big name, that, will, yeah, help. that, that yeah. will help, and the food, it was incredible. Jamie, we started the name properly, Jamie Italians, because he was the Italian, also our Italian, yeah. and one of the most successful business.
0: I remember speaking to him after, after the, the, the troubles with the business, when you had to shut so many of them, and I know how hurt he was, and it must have affected you as well, because it, 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 it's your business. And I remember, sort of, I remember speaking to Jamie about it, and at the time, as ever, then the press and social media were saying, oh, it's all right for him. But the amount of his own personal money he put into that business to try and rescue it, nobody mentioned.
1: Nobody mentioned. Jamie Hame. It was worried for people. That made the show that everybody was looked after Yeah. the restaurant. It's because we opened a restaurant because it was business. But also, we opened a restaurant as well. Like he said, you know, we can feed so many families, mm-hmm. we can help so many people, we can actually make so many chefs out of that. That was a big worry. Yeah. Because Jemmy is a giver. And never mind about what he lost, because I can't really tell you that, because, but it was more about people. Yeah. Jemmy was more about, and it still is about people. He's a giver. Nothing else. You can do it. And people say, well, he's got this, he's got that, he's got that. No. Yeah. He still do the suckler the same when he was a young boy. I have this. I think I got too much. Let me give you some of mine to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People call him a saint and yeah. some other name. And people said, you have to be the prime minister. I wish,
0: <laughs> yeah, you, know, yeah.
1: you know, and he still do the exactly the same now. Yeah, he's very talented of a presenter. You know, your job yeah. is no easy. Yeah, very talented of cooking. Where before he used to learn from me all this lovely Italian cuisine and stuff. Now I'm learning from him. <laughs> believe me or not? Yeah, I, yeah. Do, I do think yeah. I want to do and I want to do it. We still are close together and said, one door is open, he said, and one door is closed, another one is open. You cannot cry on a bottle of milk which fell on the floor because the collects, the drop, is very painful. Let's start that again.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do you think when you look back on when Jamie's Italian started, would you do things differently? Do you think if you had your time again? do Do you think that there were warning signs before you're almost at the point of going, Because ah. it, so, it becomes a house of cards, doesn't it, almost? It's like domino effect, that it gets past the point of being able to be rescued. And no matter what you do, it's tumbling.
1: Well, it is, with experience, Cause there's many things yeah. you know, different. With experience now, nah, but, you know, there was an adventure that was really good. Yeah. And, you know, the economy went down a little bit, and uh, I will do exactly the same. But with experience... Everything will run smooth, yeah, properly, then we know when there is a sign of something which is not good, but don't forget when we close it, you know everybody else
0: was closing, oh exactly yeah, 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 good, you the only
1: one. yeah. we are not, yeah. so if I said we made a mistake, I don't know, because what about all the rest exactly same yeah. mistake of us, yeah, no, yeah, no, it was a strange time, then we put out the back of our shoulder,
0: yeah,
1: we tried. Jimmy tried so hard, mm. so hard. You said the nice thing. People uh, always say, Oh, look, he made this, like that. What actually is, is yeah. I can't really to explain to you. But he was not worried about that, the money yeah. or anything. Which, it was money about the, the people, which first thing, let's make sure that everybody was all yeah. right And we did. There is no complaint of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can imagine the press, he did, because he looked after. And these people, then we have. All this fantastic chef, call yeah. me a waiters, wine bar, they still a friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They still appreciate so much. Yeah. And they still when I look at him, I still look up for him, what a lovely gentleman you are.
0: Yeah. I, I, and I think every time I see him, you know, I, I, I think that he he is an incredibly nice man, as as are you, Gennaro. So so what's next then? What's next what's next for you? Well, you're now what in your early forties now, so <laughs>
1: 40, 42, 43, 44, yeah. 55, yeah. 60, 65, 67, 68, 70, 71, 72. How old
0: are you now? 72. Yes. Wow. Well, we, we were talking actually before we started recording. But young 72. You are. Young but, 72. Yes. Believe me. Well,
1: young. young we, we were talking
0: before we started recording saying that I was saying that during lockdown, I sort of thought, right, okay, I'm going to try and not be that person that is constantly working. You know, maybe just buy a bit of time for myself. And you were saying, but you won't, because it's in our it's in our blood or it's in our psyche that we can't stop doing it. Are you still first in and last out, Gennaro? No stop. Yeah.
1: I said before, before we start, if you're born round, you can never die squared, which is means... <laughs> you know, it's in your genes, yeah. it's the way. It's running, sometimes you work so hard because presenting, cooking, filming, and do this and that, you can go home almost, you can't work. I said, tomorrow i stay in bed. Rubbish! Yeah. Tomorrow instead of get up five, you get up four. Yeah. To do again, because it's in you. You're a chef, you're a worker, and nothing else you can do. This is what you were born for, and this is what you do with the rest of, of your life. I myself, one of these day, are going to pass away. And Many times people say, "Passed away." While you were, you know what? I don't mind the pass away, but I want to be passed away in the kitchen.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think there's at a...
1: least I can have something to eat.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but not that carbonara that you had all those years.
1: Carbonara, mama mia, mamma mia, fighting. I can't even remember his name. If you know, I will, I will ever say, cheese sauce. On top, pre-boiled spaghetti, oh, yeah, overcooked. Yeah. But the people used to eat in that. Yeah. That was terrible. That was the first time I got sacked somewhere else yeah. as well. Sackle, the same thing, different pasta.
0: Yeah. Is pasta your favourite thing? Because I always, every time I've seen you make pasta, incidentally, something I have to say before I ask you about pasta, your cookbook for Passione is one of my top three cookbooks that I own. I absolutely love it. Your recipe for gnocchi with the ragu is just one of my favorite, favorite recipes ever. And I love that book. That book is you. If if you're listening to this and you don't have a copy of it, buy it. Because what you're hearing Gennaro say today, that book is you. It it, is is absolutely your whole being. You must be so proud of that book because it's it's the best.
1: Oh, Passione. It's the passions of what I was doing. Yeah, Good, good book. And uh, there was another one after that, there was the continuation. This is what I am, you know me, for many years. Yeah. you know, uh, I love cooking, i always be cooked, and I will have respect and, uh, for all the food, for all the people. And if you actually, I'm um, cooking a fish, I want to celebrate that fish. If I cook chicken, I want to celebrate that chicken. It can be for beef, for everything, for vegetable. yes.
0: Yeah, it's 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 a respect thing, isn't it? I always think that that you know the respect for any ingredient, no matter what it might be. At the end of the day, someone has spent time growing that or looking after the animal, and the animal has had a life, and the animal is no longer alive. So respect, it's respect.
1: You know, it's not good. in Italy that that teach you. You know, that if you have to throw them away a bit of bread, which they don't, get a bread, give him a bit of kiss, and put him inside. Uh, that's has rubbish. Yeah. You know, I get a bread, you know, I special. I collect the bread, make sure that it's not to with a mold, anything else. When I cook or something in an oven, you know, switch it off and then put the bread inside. The next day you find the pan and biscottat, lovely crumble, You can do everything. which I do every day.
0: Yeah, lovely. Right, so the final thing that we do on grilling is you have to let us into a little secret. So you're going to take us somewhere. It could be anywhere in the world. It can be a restaurant. It could be a bar. It could be a coffee shop. It could be a sweet shop, whatever it might be. It's somewhere that if you're going to take me to one place in the world that is special to you, where are we going, Janara?
1: Well, it's bit difficult because you have to come with me. So many, fine, ca- fine. so many, so many countries. At the moment, my food is very simple. And everywhere around the world, whatever the simplicity, I walk in and i enjoy it. Do you know what? I can't really answer you this bit because there's so many pretty lovely places, but it's not because the last restaurant in the world I wanted to go or place in the world. What actually I do it because I like foraging for mushrooms. Okay. And I like a carving walking stick. And when I go out with my friend, to collect the mushrooms just a little bit for us where we need a working steam. There is a little shop which is cafe. Uh, it's a Jewish cafe in Radlett. And I love these beautiful bagels with uh, with smoked salmon mm. smoke that I smoked themselves. That is one place which I really love it.
0: And oh, where is it, Genara?
1: In Radlett. Okay. London. Yeah. I can de- I can give you the name of the restaurant. Yeah, do. It's called Nosh.
0: Well, I know who that, that is. is. I do know who it is, Yeah, you know it. I do indeed. It yeah. Really, I yeah. always
1: walk in. It's got this old smock, and uh, it's so good because always, he always uh, say, "Bring this one on. Give him a bit of that some smoke to salmon. Say, take him on."
0: Nice. And I think that's one of the things that has been lovely about doing grilling is that is that whole thing that all of us involved in food and drink, we have those little places. And yes, we can all name kind of great restaurants, but those little places that just make you tingle. There's a, there's a, you know, it's there's something just, special about it just,
1: just toss the bag all in with, with a bit of smoked salmon and yeah. squeeze it on with lemon and that lovely cream on top. I just go inside there, put them on a table, have a lovely bottle of water because I drink a lot of water and wine. No, I don't drink wine. I've
0: got to say, don't be lying to and, uh, me, Joe. I've <laughs> known you long <laughs> enough.
1: So it is, and, uh, and I join it. But also, if I go somewhere else, probably there would be different place. There are many nice places. Yeah. But this particular one, because often I go there and I can't wait to get all that bagels. Hello, chef! You know, That's, the lovely welcome. Yeah. What else? I get there. I enjoy what actually I usually do because he put so much inside my sandwiches, my bagel. I ask two, uh, two uh, toasted bagels one is plain because I moved from one to the other one
0: and I got two for the price of one. (laughs) Gennaro, I I love spending time with you. Uh, You know, we don't see enough of each other and every time I see you, you, you're a joy to be in the company of always and I love you dearly. You know, you, you are one of the you say that Jamie is someone who gives. You You are one of the most generous human beings as a, as a person who is willing to kind of give and always puts a smile on my face and, and brings joy. So thank you so much for joining us, Uncle Willian. It's, uh, it's been a joy to have you here.
1: Thank you, Simon. My goodness me. I think I'm starting to get old because I get a little bit emotional, but oh. I saw you the way you told me uh, you are really friend and I thank you for that. And uh, as I said, every time we see one each other, we always make a, a festa. Oh, bless you. Bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Simon. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much to Gennaro for joining us on Brilliant. I mean, what what an incredible man. His stories are brilliant. His turn of phrase is brilliant. And his passion, it's just there for all to see. And if you need further inspiration to get cooking, head to Weber.com for plenty of recipe ideas from aromatic chicken with lemon balm to curry red lentil burgers with mango chutney. And don't forget, check out that £50 discount to their Grill Academies at Weber.com forward slash grilling. Do review, rate and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already and tell your friends about us too. Grilling was brought to you in association with Weber Barbecues and is an off-script production produced by Ben Backhouse and executive producer Zach Brown. I'm Simon Rimmer. Thanks so much for listening.